just taking care of the soul, our soul. Um, see, as my wife said, that's my wife when you come, by the way. My wife said, um, this, the soul is made up of the mind, the will, and the emotions. The mind, the will, and the emotions. Um, See, so our spirit man is saved um, because the spirit of the Lord um, is, lives in our spirit. But we are controlled from the soul. And the enemy, if there's one thing the enemy is after, is our soul. Um, because the enemy cannot control the spirit. Um, our spirits, but the enemy can control. The enemy has access to our souls, um, the mind again, the will, and the emotions. So, what is it? What is it we will to do? What is it we want to do? What what emotions are we expressing? Uh, the the emotions are predominant emotions, emotions of fear, emotions of failure, emotions of driven by anger, driven by outburst, driven. What drives our emotions? That's part of the soul. And all that comes, the enemy has, uh, can gain access to that if, if we let him, or as much as we let him. But let's start reading from Genesis 1, I'm, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 3, from 1 to 3. Genesis 3, 1 to 3. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast. By the way, I like um, one of those lines there, the, the, the refrain that we sing a few times that there's no lie, he wouldn't tear down. Um, there's no lie there, the, the Lord won't tear down. We'll get to, to that, because that's kind of the crux of what. Um, I want to talk about this morning. It says now, the serpent was more cunning, cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent goes on, it says in verse 4, Then the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. For God knows in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You see, we, we, need to guide, we need to guide our, our hearts, we need to guide our soul um, because that is what drives who we are. That is where our actions come from, that is where our interactions come from, that is where our reactions to stimuli, the, the, stimu the external stimuli we face. Have you wondered why two people can go through the same experience? but they react totally differently. 
to the same experience. That's because of what's driving, that's because of what's in the soul of those people, what's, how they approach life. If two, two people can have no way of, no money in their pockets that day and, and they may not know about food, but one reacts a different way, one knows that no matter what I know I'm going to eat today. The other is defeated. The other one may not get out of bed because he knows it's a losing battle already. The, the Bible tells us, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think, the, the thoughts that you have, the kind of thoughts that you're filled with, determine who you are. The kind of thoughts you allow come to your mind. This scripture we read, the, the enemy coming and talking to Eve. You see, the enemy came and spoke some truth. It says, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree? It's true. God did not say you shall not eat of every tree. But the enemy came in some, with some truth. So the enemy isn't, isn't as we think. That the enemy is always going to come in, in a dark cloud. You're just going to know this is, the, this is the devil. No. The enemy is cunning. As the Bible says, that there is none more cunning. You know? So the enemy is going to come at us with little, little lies. He'll come with the lies, but wrapped in some truth. And before you know what's happening, you don't even know. You're, you've accepted that. Your character, becomes, your character begins to change. Because with the little lies you believe here and there, um, the, the little things you allow the enemy... My thing is, based on that scripture, there's no point in engaging with the enemy. It says there is none more cunning than the devil. None more cunning. So you cannot, don't think you're going to out, outsmart the enemy in his game. Don't play his game with him. Don't entertain him with those thoughts. When those thoughts come, it says flee all appearances of evil. The, the Bible doesn't say, God, God didn't tell us, oh, stand there with the enemy. It says resist the enemy and he will flee. Get those thoughts. You see, sin, I, I don't want to talk, I, I, I don't want to speak something that, uh, but I'm just going to tell you. Sin isn't a big deal. Okay? What caused that sin is a bigger deal than the sin. The sin is only a response to what was in there already. So the sin, we, we look at the sin and we want to focus on the sin. No, that is only a symptom of the bigger issue that is there. I like what Jesus said, I think in John 14, 30 or something. He says, the enemy has come and has found nothing in me. He says, there is no thought, no thought of the enemy that, that is in me. That the enemy cannot come and say, oh, this thought, this, this lies that I have fed, um, this person that, that I know there is something I can access because whatever lie you have believed what, whatever experiences you have accepted from him whether it was a hundred years ago whether it was your father or your grandfather those still you're still responsible for those today so whether it was your great grandfather whatever lies they have believed 
those lies get those lies begin to take shape. They've not only taken shape, they have formed a personality. They have formed, that's, that's why you say, God did not create, um, we're all Africans here mostly, God, <laughs> God did not create people to say, you know, um, the people of Ireland, for instance, the traits that are peculiar to the people in Ireland, their traits that are peculiar to the British, their traits that are peculiar to... Have you wondered how those things happened? Do you think God said, okay, I'm going to create the Irish people and I'm going to make them respond to life this way. I'm going to create Indians and I'm going to have them respond to life this way. No, it is the it is a sum total of all those things that have happened in the past that have caused people to react a certain way. So this morning, for instance, I, I was thinking back to my childhood. I'm just going to be vulnerable with us. I was thinking back to my childhood. And I, read, and I, and I remembered, and finally I, I decided to confront an issue that I didn't even know I had. I didn't even understand. But I guess it would have to be somewhere at the age of 10 months, 10, 11 months, um, at most a year maybe, or a little over that, I don't know. I was sent to Nigeria. Um, I was put on a plane with my uncle, sent to Nigeria, taken to this part of Nigeria, and I was raised at the time by my grandmother and my great-grandmother. But I was actually, because I, I'm a, I'm, I, amuse, I, I personally amuse myself. I find, I find um, comedy in everything, you know? So this morning I was amusing myself on that, and then as my mind went towards that area, the Lord brought me back, and I started to weep on the inside. I was like, wow, I have never thought about that. I have never addressed that. that wow. So at that age, I had to have suffered from separation anxiety. I had to have been traumatized. Um, that there had to have been trauma in me that I did not realize that I was having to deal with this morning, this very morning at about 5 a.m. I was like, wow. So, and I look at my life and I say, you know, that is rejection that you would have felt rejected. And I look at things in my life and I'm like, you know, rejection makes sense. Feeling rejected, you know, those things make sense. But do you react and continue life based on that? Or do you tear down the lines? Like I said, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You've been offended greatly. You know, you've, you've had situations come up that are legitimate. But the enemy comes and answers. It keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, you've suffered loss, loss somewhere. But the enemy comes and over it 
amplifies it and it, it just takes a life of its own. So this morning I want to ask us, what's, what character traits do we have? What, what are those things? How do you live in fear? Where did that fear come from? Are you, do you not have confidence? Or in certain situations, do you lack confidence? Are you just not sure of yourself? What is it? There, there are places, there are things, whatever it is. Um, I, let me read this quote that um, I, um, Albert Einstein said. It says, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. We can't solve our problems with the same thinking we use when we created them. So, if we're dealing with problems today, or whatever issues we're dealing with today, again, we're talking about the soul, your soul, how important that is. Whatever it is, the way we think today cannot be how we solve that problem because we have to go back in time. And that is what the Holy Spirit will do for you easily. It, it, it's, um, you see, we, what I'm essentially talking about is deliverance or inner healing. And some of us think deliverance is, is having some, going to meet someone and let them pray and cast out all the demons. No, no, no. These are strongholds. These are strong thinking patterns, strong ways of dealing with, with everyday life, reacting to everyday life. So our thinking has to change. We have to get to the place of Philippians 2 verse 5. Philippians 2 verse 5. It says, let this mind which was in Christ Jesus be in you. Let this mind which was in Christ Jesus be in you. The same mind that was in Christ Jesus. This is that's the mind we ought to have. The mind of victory. The mind that knows that God is with him. The mind that knows that there is nothing he cannot overcome. But But we've believed so many lies in the past that have become that have become who we are. And some of you may someone may be described as X, Y, or Z. You might even now describe yourself as whatever it is. You might think you're a failure, you might think you're um, slothful, you might think there is not much good in you. You might think there's whatever it is, whatever it is you're feeling. See, those are feelings. It's part of the soul, the, the emotions, the, the thoughts. Those are things you. Those aren't necessarily true. That's not. You see, we have to separate. It's hard. It's not easy work. What I'm telling you, um, by the time you do it, 
if you're going to get into it, and I hope we all take it seriously, this is not the kind of stuff that you're going to say, you know, um, I'm going to change my thinking today. No. It's not, it doesn't happen that quickly. Um, and take it from me, I can tell you that. It doesn't happen that quickly. This is the kind of thing that is layer after layer after layer after layer. It can take you years to get past, to get to that point. Um, like I said, I have been, it was this morning, I shared with you guys this morning what thoughts that I had. It's not like I haven't been on this journey for some months now, but it was this morning I finally got to that place that I was like, okay, of course tomorrow, the next week, I'm sure I'm going to come up with something else that is very impactful and I see and I'm like, you know, this is some area where I need to repent. Um, so for instance, when that thought came to mind this morning, I had to forgive myself because that's something we all don't do, we, we don't know much about. You have to learn to forgive yourself. Because if you don't forgive yourself, you're going to always be in that cycle of failure. You have to learn to forgive yourself. My mom didn't do anything to me that was deliberate on my dad. But she had to put me on the plane. I forgave her. I didn't forgive her because I thought she offended me. I forgave her knowing that, that was, she did the best she could do in that situation. So it's not a case of, like, I need to go have all um, resentment towards her. No, 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 it has nothing to do with that. I was traumatized from circumstances. I endured that. I mean, I went through that unknowingly. But I, I had to start to get to a point where I can live beyond that. So what I'm trying to encourage us to do today is to begin a journey. Um, to begin a journey where you now begin to process with God. Where you begin to sit down and think. With, it's not about praying in tongues. No, 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 no. Pray in tongues by all means. You have to have time where you are quiet and you allow the Lord to whisper in your mind. You allow the Lord to talk to you and that you process things. That is even more powerful than I find. Have you found that you come to church or you go to a seminar, a conference or something it's extremely easy to get really caught up in, in the moment. And the ministration makes so much sense to you that you're like, yes, I get it. I'm going to do this. But next week, you're back in that cycle. Because, but you left there fired up. And you meant every word of the promise or promises you made to yourself. You meant everything. But next week or the week, next week is even far. The truth is, by Wednesday, you're back in that cycle. But that's because your soul, um, you haven't healed your soul. Your soul is still bruised. Your soul is still hurt. So 
while the administration and everything has touched your spirit man, the truth is your soul, if you don't deal with that, it's not going to become who you are. It's not going to change who you are. For a season, for a day or two, you can feel you're changed. But when the, react, when, when the stimulus comes again on the outside, you realize that the way you were before you came to church on that Sunday or went to that conference is how you continue to be. Look, we have to begin to work, do the hard work. What I'm telling you is not easy. I'm not telling you something that will make you change that. I don't, you're not going to walk out of here. You're going to walk out, you may walk out of here feeling like, yeah, this man is saying something that makes sense to me. But if you don't sit down and go through those things, you're going to wind back up where you started, unfortunately. I alluded to something that I, want, that I just want to go back to. It's not, your life isn't just about the decisions you've made. I just want to emphasize that your life isn't just about the decisions you make. Your life is about the decisions your forefathers have made. And the other reason why it becomes so critical that we change is because whatever we don't change today, our children inherit. If we don't change who we are today, our children become us, and maybe even worse, if we don't change those things. That's just, that is Christian reality. Because we need to do this for our children, even if not for ourselves. We need to do this for our future, for, for their future. And I've heard of a testimony of someone, a grandmother who, um, her lineage had some kind of problem. I, I don't remember specifically what it was. But the lineage had some kind of problem. And she, she was a, a prophet, prophetess, whatever. So eventually God told her how to deal with something in her life and she dealt with it. And she got freed from it. Her children and her grandchildren did not say any prayer on that issue. But after she got delivered, her children and her grandchildren got delivered of the same thing. So I don't want to get too um, cuckoo or anything like that. But even science these days is beginning to have some thoughts on genetics. Now, this thing we call genetics, these genes we talk about. Is malformations that happen in the brain of people in the past that gets passed on. Malformations in faulty thinking that gets passed on. That's very important if, if it's true, and I, and I believe there's a good bit of truth to it. Um, I'm a physician, so I'm not going to tell you that I necessarily believe every every bit of genetic thing in, in that sense, but there is a whole lot of truth to, to okay, so let me tell you another, another thing. 
the soul is the mind, the will, and our emotions. But we have the physical. The physical is where the brain is. Okay? The brain is part of the physical. Science has shown that um, when you start to do things over and over, your brain, your physical brain, begins to create neurons. That's um, like the cells in the brain. It begins to create neurons that begin to form a new pathway. So the reason I tell you, you have to do this thing and commit to doing this kind of stuff for your soul, to heal your soul, and begin to find where the enemy has lied to you, where you have believed lies in the past. Now, when you begin to do that and begin to act on that, then your brain begins to change in the physical form where the neurons begin, you begin to create new kind of memories. Uh, you begin to have new, a new set of, it, it becomes the new, the new you, and you can't change that. That is who you become. But that's by doing it over and over and over again. But I think what's important right now is because of time, there's no point going on and on. I want us to I want us to just meditate for a minute. I want us to I want us to ask the Lord to allow us to be vulnerable. to think there's going to be a whole lot of stuff eventually but think about just let whatever it is come to your mind two three things three two to three lines or whatever or your character trait or something that you know isn't right something you keep doing. Think of the thing you really want to change the most about yourself. Ask God to show you why that has been, what was the origin of that, the genesis of it. Just asking you to meditate. Right now, just ask him. It's a simple question. Ask the Lord to help you understand the origin of that problem. 